You're listening to a bonus episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. It's all about the fun and all about the media today. Two movies. I'm going to talk about two bands. So my life is not usually very exciting. We're talking laundry, homework, behavior management, sibling rivalry, you know, just like your life. And then uh, this last Monday, my friend Kay Wyma, you've had, heard her on the show. She wrote the book, I'm Happy For You, Sort Of, Not Really, which is probably what you're thinking when you're about to hear the fun that I've been having. But I promise you, I'm going to share the love. Just hold on. So she invited me to go see the movie Risen with Joseph Fiennes. He was in Shakespeare in Love. And she also invited me to see the movie Miracles from Heaven with Jennifer Garner and Queen Latifah. And so I watched that on Saturday. And then Sunday, I went back to the same theater and went to a media junket. What? I don't even I don't even know that word. Junket. So totally new to me. Bought a new mic and sat in a room with a bunch of radio people and got to ask Jennifer Garner and Christy Beam, the the real life mom that Jennifer Garner plays in the film Miracles from Heaven. I got to ask them some questions. So in this bonus episode, you will hear my conversation first with Kay Wyma about these two films, Risen and Miracles from Heaven. And then after that, you will get to hear clips from my conversations with Christy Beam and Jennifer Garner and maybe a little bit uh, of like T.D. Jakes and some people that were after the screening kind of hung out and had some thoughts. Now, another fun thing that's happened the last couple weeks is a few Fridays ago, two weeks ago, I took the two oldest boys to the Compassion Rock and Road Show. I don't know if you know about Compassion International. They do a good work sponsoring kids around the globe. You get a chance to be a part of their work by sponsoring a kid every month. Uh, And my husband and I have been sponsoring since like the late 90s. We've been such a big fan. And so I got to take the boys to this concert. Definitely check out their site. I'll put the link in the show notes to see if there's a concert coming near you because it's such a great value. I think it was like $10 a ticket, which how can you ever go to a concert that cheap unless it's free? Great bands. Love Jeremy Camp. Love Mandisa and Phil Wickham and Newsboys and Family Force 5, of course. We love Family Force 5. Uh, but while we were standing in line waiting to get in, uh, my eight-year-old won a dance contest from KLTY and uh, two tickets he won to the Hillsong United concert which was the next weekend, which uh, I, I offered him to go with me and uh, offered for him to go with me. And he said that the, he was out too late the last Friday night, so he wanted to stay home. So I took a friend, and it was an amazing concert. Hillsong, if you aren't familiar with their music, uh, it's just really life-giving. They point you back to Jesus. The entire concert was a worship experience of just really tearing away to get you face-to-face with Jesus. And uh I just felt like holy ground. It was, the spirit was just like strong in that place. And then I got an opportunity to share the love with y'all. So I have a giveaway. The Hillsong Division for Young People called Young and Free, Hillsong Young and Free, have a new album, their second album, their sophomore album, coming out today, February 26th. It's called Youth Revival. And I'm going to give a copy away to someone who either leaves a review. Uh, if you want to know how to do that, go to godcentermom.com backslash review. It's just through your iTunes app. Uh, and Or if you uh, leave me a comment, I'll probably post something on Instagram about the giveaway. If you leave a comment there and uh, 
uh, you'll be entered to win. Or if you follow me over at the Facebook page, you'll be entered to win. And I am so excited to give you guys a copy. I think it's like super like dance club music, but God-centered. What a great five o'clock dance party with your kids. Or maybe you go on a run and you want to pop this in. It just seems like super life-giving. So I'm excited about that giveaway. And I can't wait to share these two films with you. Risen has already come out. It's already in theaters. Um, I think it's doing well. So hopefully it's still in theaters this weekend after you hear this episode. And then uh, Miracles from Heaven comes out Wednesday, March 16th. And the reason it comes out on a Wednesday instead of a Friday is it's right around Easter time and spring breaks. And they're hoping to kind of capture that audience there. So definitely check out uh, those movies. Uh, I hope that Kay's and my conversation helped make you just help make your decision about whether this is a match for your family. We'd love for you to share the love about the movies too. Uh, they're taking a big risk. Sony affirmed films is taking a big risk doing these faith-based films. And we are excited that they have signed up for the challenge. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Kay, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> okay. We've had the best week, haven't we? It was we've a just fun like week. Been a lot of fun. We've been living the dream. It's like we are in Hollywood, basically. Yeah, basically. maybe it's Dallas. I don't know. I can't even come up with something for Dallas and Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's not be like Dollywood, and that's not wrong. That's yeah, wrong. It's just, there's all kinds of wrong. It's already a place. Um. So, so Kay and I, uh, y'all might have seen in my Instagram and on Kay and Facebook and whatever. We uh, Kay invited me to these screenings, these screenings of two faith films. And so we thought we'd take a second and talk about each of the films and uh, give you all our thoughts. So let's start with the first one we saw, uh, Risen, with Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. What what were you, I want to know your first, like, if someone said, hey, should I see that film, what would you tell them? I thought it was a great film. I would have, I would put it in a category of a film like The Passion of the Christ, like it was done well that way. And I think you could see it, um, whether you were a Christian or not. And I didn't think mm-hmm. it had the hokey, the hokey factor that sometimes faith-based films might have in them, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. They're like trying too hard to be Christian, like have to say that they're Christian. Or, or like you have to put the message in there. I didn't feel like the message mm-hmm. was forced at all. And I thought it was so interesting. I'd never thought about, um, thought about all that went on with the death of quote the Nazarene, which is how, you know, the movie starts really is with this Roman soldier coming in to find that a Nazarene had been crucified. And I don't even think he knew who the Nazarene was, or if he did, yeah. he certainly didn't allude to that. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. yeah I think I've told friends like it's violent. The re- the PG 13 rating is accurate, but the violence is perfect for the historical context. And I think it was the first crucifixion story movie uh, for me from the perspective of the Roman side. And like their main goal was be keep the peace. Right. And so that whole battle and even the Roman soldier that we follow the whole film, Joseph Fine's character, he's, he's uh, his, his goal is to live a peaceful life. Like he wants to rise up in power so he can have enough money so that he can have a country home so there's no death in his day. Yeah, and you know, another part of that that I liked was the scene, there was a scene again at the beginning, not to like have a spoiler alert or anything like that, 
<laughs> they he was uh, had come in from this battle that is at the beginning of the movie, and he is getting clean in the beautiful um, bath that Pontius Pilate has in his home, and mm-hmm. um, and and it's not like a bath; it's like a huge. I don't know. It's kind of like a pool, which is true of that day. You know, the Romans were were so phenomenal with their ability to, you know, manage and move water, you know, through their massive aqueducts and things like that. But they both are sitting in there talking about this Nazarene and about God, you know, the God that the Jews worship. And then they ask each other, well, what God do you worship? And I loved that because, you know, the truth is everybody is worshiping some God. And I I liked how it took it down to that level as they were like, well, I worship so-and-so and and I worship so-and-so rather than the one true God who is, who, who plays, you know, arguably the largest role in this film. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because especially if you've grown up in the church and like, yeah, God, of course, God, like, I think you can sometimes uh, forget the other view of like where they were coming in and, and like you said, did he even know this Nazarene? Did he even know that people thought he was God, the one true God? Like he was literally just doing his job, yeah. worshiping his God, uh, going in day out, following the orders of Pilate. And I kind of also viewed it as like a detective story. Yeah. Like he's trying to solve the case, his, not because he wants to know Jesus. No, because he doesn't want to get fired. And he's got to find a body because of the body got taken away like it's gone. So to me, that was just kind of an interesting twist on a story that I'm really familiar with. Yeah, there were good twists. I loved how it it stayed so close to scripture, and yet mm-hmm. it's a you know it's a historical fiction. So it's definitely a fictional character, and and it's fun to see him along the ride for so many scenes that Christians are you know know very well and are near and dear to their heart. So I liked that. And the other thing I loved uh, that I wish my boys could see like the second half of the film. I don't think that I'd want them to see the violence. It's definitely too much for a six-year-old, eight-year-old, ten-year-old, especially my ten-year-old. Some ten-year-olds would be fine. Uh, is the way they portray Jesus, the way that the the actor himself, I heard from uh, my friend Cat Lee, that he took a vow of silence uh, and didn't talk to anyone until he was in the, in the scene with them and didn't stay at the hotel. But that Jesus character, he's just uh, magnanimously attractive, not because of his looks. He looks very authentic to the people group, but he's so he is so peaceful. He is so just, you're just drawn to him and the joy of the disciples around him uh, in those scenes. And my favorite being when uh, they're hanging out in Galilee and all of a sudden they hear this ruckus behind them and it's a leper yeah. who's who's stealing things from some people and they start beating them and telling them to get away and they're just treating them really harshly and, you know, because they could get leprosy from this guy. And Jesus grabs a fish, walks straight over to the leper, kneels down, holds him close, kisses him on this like horribly uh, just marred skin, like just bumpy, yucky skin and just shows him this love that I think all of us feel leprous at times. And to know that Jesus who loves us in spite of anything we've done or any shame we feel or any outcasting we've had was to me like this image seared in my head. I I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it was, it was good. What was one of your favorite scenes? The thing I love too about it is how funny it was. I I really enjoyed a lot of the humor 
And I enjoyed like what you were talking about, the kind of the CSI part of it, not in in gore or gruesomeness, but just in the interviewing of the people that are involved in his effort, which was his task at hand was to find, find the body, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he's like a detective and it's, I just thought it was so, some of it was so funny. (laughs) I just loved it. And it was something that you could see for sure happening today. It's just that it was occurring in, you know, Jerusalem and the, and the, you know, olden times where they were going down their own road of trying to figure out how they did it. And I, I liked the scene too, where, where it was described exactly what occurs at a crucifixion. And sometimes I think we forget about the enormity of what occurs to a physical body when that happens. And so there was a lot that was good, but I'm totally with you on not on it. uh, Some of the, the, the gruesomeness in it. It's not, there's not like blood and guts and stuff, but it's certainly implied. I think it would, it would, uh, it would really affect my eight-year-old in a way that I'm not I think sure. it's personal. It's very up close. You're yeah. like in the battle scene. You are seeing the people's faces and you're seeing, uh, and I think the crucifixion is even different. Like so often Actually, we're yeah. used to seeing him walking through the crowds uh, with the thorn cross on his head when we walk into this movie, uh, the Roman soldier he has been given the job to look over the Nazarene. But the Nazarene, when you when Jesus when you get to Jesus on the cross, he is already dead. Yeah. And remember that the the earthquake happens as he's headed towards yeah. the crosses, mm-hmm. and the other two men are just crying out in pain, and that's hard oh, to hear them wailing crazy. in pain. And then they say, "Okay, break their legs," and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" And I close my eyes. I don't even know if they showed it because I didn't watch. Well, it's, it's and then us, all the dead bodies. Yeah, and just the yeah. stench and what it would mm-hmm, be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and yeah. even I mean, I just am even thinking about the guards and how it affected them and what it really yes. did to them. So it was it was very unique and and very enjoyable. Yes, I thought it was good. Great I thought acting. it was good. So really good. Acting. It was good. I thought it was good acting. I think you know we got Joseph Fiennes. He he won me over with Shakespeare in Love. So, yes, it uh, was fun to see him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's someone that he's so nice. I, mean, <laughs> I think that you could like really, truly recommend to someone and say this is a good movie and not cheesy. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. My husband. Was, was there just, anything you didn't? Well, yeah. What was John, anything you didn't like? John thought it was a little slow. Okay. And I heard that yeah. Anne Lamott, you know, some, I think it was the New York Post or the New York Times that said it was slow. And she mm. kind of dissed back, listen, it's like masterpiece. And I, I was mm. like, yes, it's just like a masterpiece um, presentation. Now we like masterpiece theater in our house. So um, if you like a thoughtful movie that's um, impactful and thought provoking and, and definitely has action in it and suspense, it was suspenseful, yeah. even though you knew the end of the story. So I think because they took the different spin, I didn't know what scenes they'd show. And I didn't know where they were going to go with it and what would be the impact. And so I think from the beginning, when I knew that they weren't showing the crucifixion scene the same, I was like, oh, this is a different journey we're on. Same story, but like switch perspectives. My absolute absolute favorite that stuck with me and I told you this a little bit was when the Roman guard is up on the mountain with Jesus by himself at night and they're just talking um because for me that just makes me think of times when I'm just talking to God 
and we're in our own place up in the mountains. Uh, so to me, I like got goosebumps in that scene because that's a personal time of reflection. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was good. All right, let's talk about Miracles from Heaven. Very different film. Yeah, totally different. I mean, it's not a timepiece. It's not a historical fiction no, to start. but it's based So tell a little story. bit about Miracles from Heaven in case people don't know. Yeah, that. it's based on a true story by a, a gal here in Texas that's really just, you know, around the corner from us. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. It's about a little girl that has a terminal illness that she is absolutely going to die and the suffering with it. Oh my goodness. It is gut wrenching. If you go see it for sure, take some Kleenex because you'll laugh and cry and cry and maybe laugh and then cry some more. That's how I felt as all the ladies in there bawling. Oh my goodness. I sat next to a gal who's from a radio station and she was just like crying out to the screen. Like, no, poor baby. (laughs) Just like cons. I, they gave us free soda and popcorn. I was like, you need to pass out um, Kleenex, too. And they did for the, the next screening. But, yeah, it was it was a – I think if you're a mom or a dad or you love anybody yeah, in your daughter, life. My, six, my house, I guess Lucy is 17. She's sitting mm-hmm. next to me. And by the end, she's. I look over and she literally is wiping her chin from the tears mm-hmm. that are going down her mm-hmm. face. Oh, but it's so, it's good. It's funny. It's hopeful. It's, uh, it's compelling. So we don't really want to tell you the whole story because, um, and, but you could go in the news and see, because it was definitely covered by the media when it occurred. Um, oh, right. The true news story of, of the rescue and all that. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, as far as the film overall, the things I took away, um, one, just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean that you're kept from suffering, right? We, that's a truth that some pastors are telling us is different. Mm-hmm. You know, follow God faithfully and you will be blessed. Well, well, hard things are going to happen and maybe the blessing is through the hard things, but um, hard things are going to happen. And how does it impact our faith? We got to see the mom, uh, her faith tested. Another was how do we as a church respond? I really did not. I mean, I liked that they put it in there, but I didn't like that it was a thing that happened, that women in her church approached her and asked her that she, if she looked at her own sin life and her daughter's sin to see if maybe that's why her daughter was suffering. Uh, kind of like Job's friends, right? Yeah. I mean, yuck. We don't want to be those people. Well, and like, You know, they also said, and I've read in a couple of reviews, people even saying today, I, I don't think she was sick. Like she wasn't, she couldn't have been as sick as she was because that couldn't have happened. And what? I, I know it's so interesting. I think people don't really want, want it to be that way. Well, and in the movie, it makes it look like she was sick for about a year, right? If and even, so you're thinking, if, even. if even, if even, maybe half of a year. But the reality was this little girl was sick from when she was four years old till she was nine years old. That's a long time. Yeah. How could you deny that she was sick? And she went to a hospital in Boston. It wasn't like she was just treated by some little doctors in Burleson that covered up the story. I mean, this is a major, like, specialist in motility disorders. For him to have treated her for that many years, every four to six weeks, and say she was very sick and now she is not. You're giving it away. Oh, but that's the miracle. Why is it miracles from heaven? That's true. I mean, I think you, I mean, you, you don't know how or how God does it, but 
you have to admit, like, there is, if you're doing a research study and you have to document your research, there's, like, documentation that she was very sick, right? Yeah, and it's hard. And so there, there, I do think, like, what you said before, that if you, if you love any, it just, if you love anybody, it's, it is a mm-hmm. gut wrencher. This movie to me was a lot like Soul Surfer. If anybody saw that movie, there were okay. parts of Soul Surfer that were really, really hard to watch because of the suffering of that young girl who lost her arm due to a shark attack and almost died. She really did almost die. And it has, it does, it has an element of um, faith that is absolutely in the film that could to some people have like what they don't like and that it's a tiny bit hokey at times. And I was very convicted just how quickly we will walk into films, into faith related films and judge them. And and I would yeah. say I was right there with them, you know, doing that same thing going, well, I like it. I don't like it. I don't. Rather than really looking at the enormity of the message that is shared in it. And it is, I think everyone that was a part of this film, which we heard, because uh, we got to hear Bishop Jakes talk about it. We got to hear Jennifer Garner talk about it. We got to hear Christy Beam talk about it. And each one of them said that it actually impacted their life even being on the set. And and I thought that was interesting. And for Bishop Jakes to say that um, the impact the film has left on him, just to be able to keep his eyes open on a day-to-day basis, to be able to see the small miracles that are around him, um, has forever changed him, which I thought was pretty incredible for somebody who spends his life and, you know, digging through the Lord's word and sharing, sharing truth. So. Yeah. I, that, that, I mean, cause people say, Oh great. It's about a miracle or whatever, but they, they wrap it up at the end doing little clips from the whole movie of people who were part of the miracles that were going on all the way up to the big miracle. Well, and, and one question, and that was that was what we would rather be as a church, right? The friends that are showing up in the middle of the night to take care of other kids while you go to the ER. That's to me what what spoke to me. Yeah, and I think too the I think it would be easy to say, well, it's fine for her to tell her story because it worked out all okay for her. You know? Right, and and right. I'm just gonna say it doesn't it's it doesn't just leave there. It doesn't work out for everybody, and mm-hmm. even for the one ones that it doesn't work out for their peace and their joy is made very real by the faith of this little girl and the one in whom she has faith. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little side story in there that is very tearjerker. I mean, Queen Latifah is in this too. Yeah. She plays a nice Again, it's hilarious too. It is. It has really funny moments. The acting is incredible. Just mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And even when they, I mean, I, I just really enjoyed, I enjoyed it. My daughter who's 17 enjoyed it. I think almost mm-hmm. everyone in my house would, except for one thing. There are a couple of scenes when she's at, uh, the, when the little girl is at Cook's Children in Fort Worth. And it's at the beginning of the film when the mother is struggling with trying to find out with why her daughter is so sick and in so much pain. And there's an element of it, if it, of you get to experience the child's discomfort at the hospital. And I think that could be kind of scary for little children. I was going to say that was the powerful piece for me because I have friends whose kids are going through hard medical things. And I've said, oh, I'm praying for you. And I can imagine that's hard. But something about the way they filmed the movie and, and letting you in on little details, not like saying we're about to do this procedure and then pulling the camera out of the room 
keeping the camera in the room while you're watching the dad hold down the little girl, I mean, to do the procedure and her screaming made it me enter into the story like, could I do that? And then, you know, just even the details of before they go to the emergency room, like at the very beginning of the movie when she first throws up, they could have kept that camera high and not shown the vomit on the floor. Mm-hmm. But they but they did. And that little detail pulls you in to say, I've been that parent. I've cleaned the throw up off the floor. And it it just made it a little bit more real than any other film, I think, where those the camera stays high or they don't show those de- that stays out of the hotel, the hospital room. You know what I'm saying? Like I do. There, there were little teeny details of how they filmed it that pulled me in even more as a mom to empathize with what would I do in that situation? Could I do that watching my child suffer like that? Well, I I have actually walked that road and Mm. tell you that the reactions that they shared are exactly how, how I know I felt and I acted, you know, as the mother lion, even like to the point of don't touch my daughter and something is really, really wrong here. And, Mm. and because a mother knows, and there's an instinct in there when you know, something's desperately wrong with your child, but you don't know what it is. And the doctors don't know what it is. And it's terrifying. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure like my little one, I don't want, I mean, there could be an element of being scared of going to the doctor or something like that. I know for my kids that saw soul surfer, I, I really watched how old they were. And like, even the one that was the, you know, old enough to go see it, she wouldn't get in the water for so long because she was so afraid that a shark was going to come get her. Yeah, no, I had one boy that wouldn't even see that second dolphin tail because the girl from soul surfer was in it. Oh. And he couldn't, he couldn't imagine seeing her without her arm. And I thought, oh, my stars. Like, it just, like, I don't think it's because he's, uh, I think it's because he over-empathizes. Yeah, that's where, it just depends yeah. how sensitive your kid is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's very good for moms listening who are like, well, can my kids go see it? Um, know your kids. And uh, there's no bad, like, drugs, alcohol. No, it's all good. Language. It's just, just cover their uh, eyes, intense. You know, if in yeah, the hospital yeah. scene, you know, just, yeah, yeah. I, that's all I would say. So, yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. And Jennifer Garner was amazing in person. Don't you think? Like just oh, sweet. Man, just delightful. And you could tell she was impacted by it all. And I, I think that's really yeah. neat. Yeah. And, and I loved how much she kept reflecting back to Christy Beam. Like she wasn't trying to steal the spotlight. She almost tried to fade in the background to give Christy uh, a platform to stand and and kept referring back to the book, which I think is Christy's goal that people would read the book because just like any book that's made into a movie, the book is always better. It has more details yeah. and it has more description of how, how she actually felt and and even some of the scenarios that are different from the movie. But y'all... It was good. good. And um, one thing that Jennifer Garner said that I that I thought was really neat is that is that it has made her um, be much more aware of joy and fighting for joy. And just Mm -hmm. something that her mother had always said is that you get to choose joy in any situation. And um, I don't know, Jennifer, but I think you can imagine the difficulties that, you know, face her just in the world that she lives in. And I thought that was that was neat. And then I want to read one thing from my friend, Erin Schreier, who also yeah, went because yeah. she put on her blog, a uh, kind of a review. And I, t- I thought this was neat. This is what she had to say. What I love most about this film is what happens next. And this is after the miracle because of a large miracle, 
Christy's eyes are open to smaller miracles that happened all along the way. Once she opens her eyes and her heart again to the possibilities of God, she sees so much more. She realizes the work of God all along. She sees how many people and situations somehow miraculously answered her prayers and so abundantly with the message God never left her and that he never leaves us. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought that was good, especially when Christy was so forthright and open about the fact that at, at the point of her child suffering so much, she didn't want much to do with the Lord. She didn't feel like he hurt her. And mm-hmm. that realization that, no, he never, he never left. And certainly the little girl who is a phenomenal actress. Um, mm. She was really, oh, really, gosh. really good. Yeah. She, yeah. And well, and the really girl, the Annabelle in real life oh, is apparently amazing. She, She's apparently amazing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, sweet little family. It's a sweet family scenes. Yes. I don't know. Just encouraging. Like the family is a core group. It's a unit. There's power in it. Uh, Christy kept saying it's the best medicine. Uh, if one person was down, the other would lift up. They traded roles and who would be um, more faithful than the other. I mean, it just, you need, when one falls, you lift the other up. That's, you know, the, the Bible verse. So I just, I, I definitely want to encourage them. It comes out March 16th, right before Easter. It might be some of y'all's spring break. Um, go see it right when it comes out because that helps the movie. It'll be on the most screens of any faith film ever. Is that what they said? 3,000 screens? Yeah, you know, I didn't so, hear that part. <laughs> I think that was after, I think it was after one of the second screening I stayed in, they were talking about it. And T.D. Jake said the most screens of any faith film is where it's so well and it's, it should it's, be in a theater near you yeah, through sony affirm you know sony's arm affirmed films which they're really working on putting together media that is is something that everyone in the home can watch together and i, I like that yeah. they're doing that and they want to produce mm-hmm. films that encourage people to know that they're loved and know that they belong so that they might be able to love others quote and, from and, the sony i loved that <laughs> That's awesome. And I love Jennifer uh, at the end said that uh, in L.A. and she said in her town of L.A., um, (laughs) she's just so humble. So in her town of L.A., she said faith is just not a conversation that we're having. And when we think of faith, we think of it as political. And so she said for her to just see a family. So even the fact that she's getting to know the beams personally, like really interacting with them, she's seeing faith worked out a real family going through a hard time. And that's where faith is not a political agenda to be pushed, but a real heart lifting reality, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kay. You're the best. Thank you. It was so fun. I I don't know if we'll have a fun week like that. Every week is fun. That was unusual. (laughs) It was it was was like a dream, like a dream. Yes, yes. So thank you so much for including me and hope these films continue to do well. Oh, yeah. Thanks to our friends at Level Fairchild for inviting us and for all they do to promote uh, wholesome, wholesome entertainment. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. Have a good rest of your week. Yes. Yeah, see okay. you in the carpool line. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was helpful for y'all to hear a little bit more about the movies and who is appropriate to go see them, like who you should bring. I was at a community center open house for a refugee community center, our church's opening and I was talking to some friends and their small group is going to go see it together. 
on that first Wednesday that it comes out. Definitely, if you're making plans to see the movie, see it that first week weekend it comes out. That makes the biggest hit. Uh, and with 3,000 theaters to pick from, I'm sure you can find one. Okay, so up next, the next 30 minutes of the show are clips from my media junket. And I will tell you, it was just like in a tavern. This wasn't really a fancy situation. And this very first clip is just me and Christy Beam. I walked into the room for my portion, uh, 15-minute interview, and she was just sitting there, and we were just talking. And I then I was like, do you mind if I record uh, our conversation? And then I realized the mic was on low and you can barely hear her, but I wanted you to hear her answer. So here we go. Well, you were super inspiring. Um, sure. Knowing the difference as a mom, when to be the advocate and when to trust. So what words of encouragement would you give to her? Like, I would say that for any mom in that situation, you are your child's medical advocate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God gives parents, especially moms, a spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, right. there's something that God has blessed us with that we know in our gut, we know. And even though you're not questioning authority, you have every right to be as capable in helping make those decisions as the authority. Yeah. So don't stop fighting. Don't stop being your medical advocate because who else do they have? I just want all moms to recognize, and I think this film delivers it, that you are your child's advocate and God has given you that spirit of discernment and to recognize that you can play a vital role in helping make those decisions and to be empowered by him in that moment. So up next is the radio media junket. And the first question that's asked is, how did Jennifer Garner and Christy Beam meet? Christy and I met right before I started shooting, although we might have spoken before that briefly. And we, um, I sat down and gave her a quiz, basically. What do you call your kids? What do you call Kevin? If you were sitting down at night, what would you drink? Yep. What do you sing to your kids? What, I mean, all kinds of things. And I ended up using pretty much mm-hmm. everything. But then we also just had a girl's heart-to-heart. Yes. Yeah. And she, the first time I met Jen, she just, she had the book um, that I had written. And she had highlighted and dog-eared and underlined and and it just warmed my heart that she just wanted to know as much as she could to to feel as much as she could it was so wonderful I did get to spend yes a lot I mean I was thrilled you were really a part of the process it felt like Mm. to me but yes, it all comes from the book. It's all there. It's like the biggest cheat sheet ever. <laughs> um, I'm Heather McFadden from God's Center Mom Podcast. Uh, as a mom, and a lot of my listeners are moms, you talked about miracles being in the everyday. Since doing the movie yourself and since your whole experience, how has that helped you see miracles every day? How can you encourage a mom in that? I get... I get asked that a lot, and and really my answer is a concrete answer, and I have said to people, when you're in times of struggle and you're in times of darkness, make a list of all the things that are going on around you, all the things that are happening, even if it's small, um, make a list of all those things, and you'd be surprised how many things are things that that went your way that weren't in your control, Um, things that happened that were God's extension of His way of loving on you through other people. And those, in my opinion, are little, his acts of faithfulness, three little miracles in your life daily. Well, that is such good advice. <laughs> That's really good advice. Thank I'm glad you. to know that. I might borrow that for the words of Christy B. <laughs> um, my mom has 
always, always told my sisters and me that if you are not stopping to see a beautiful leaf on a tree, you're not seeing the beauty in the world. And she always says, if you're going to wait for something huge to happen, then you're going to never be happy. You have to find happiness in the smallest, smallest moments. And so I do. I find happiness in a, you know, a perfect pizza or a, getting to have a quick conversation with a friend. Or And then there are really big, beautiful things like getting to be part of this movie or to meet the Beam family. But if you, I just always go back to my mom's words mm. that every day is filled with little moments and you can choose to see them and live in joy or you can choose not to. Wow. Mm. Hi, I'm Starlene Stringer from 94.9 KLTY and I want to know what you two both want um, to answer this question first. What do you hope moviegoers take away from the film? Because there's so many important messages that are detailed throughout the film. What's the one or two things you hope moviegoers take away after watching Go ahead. Well, I feel like the film resonates to whomever watches it on whatever level. And so I just feel like wherever you are in your life, you're going to have struggles, whatever age you are. And just to know that there are going to be challenges and don't be surprised by that. But when you do have a challenge, um, that there's hope and there's a plan that's way beyond you. And just keep putting one foot in front of the other because there is going to be an ending. I think you can't watch this and not be reminded of the hopefulness in just being alive. Even if you're only holding on to life by a string, that life is hope. And that, um, that is our boss. <laughs> um, and also that one of the great miracles of in life is the love of a family and I think that the Beam family is so close and it was such a pleasure and a joy to play a family that was held together by faith and by that kind of just love through anything and and I, I think that that is not something you see on screen very often usually we're in conflict with each other on screen and it's beautiful to see this family just their conflict is something beyond their control but they are solid mm. Another question I want to ask you also is um, working with Bishop TV Jakes. Um, it's just a pleasure to have you all do the red carpet here in North Texas. It's a big deal for big things. There's no question that we would come here. Everyone acts surprised. Of course we would come to Dallas. I wish we were going to Burleson as well. It kills me that, you know, that we, we aren't going to your hometown. But, of course, I would not have missed watching uh, Bishop Jakes preach this morning for anything in the world. It was an invaluable experience. And, um, you know, I, I said to somebody earlier, we made this movie for you. And I do think that anyone, no matter what your faith is, no matter what you believe, what you don't believe, I, I still think there's so much to get from the film and from Christie's story. And I feel like I can't make this. You need to know I made it for you. I'm not just saying it. I need to come here and say to you face to face, hey, I, I want you to see this. I want you to love it. I want you to get what you can from it. I want you to revel in her story and her family's story. And I, I mean that enough that I'm absolutely willing to travel to North Dallas or wherever I need to go to, to let you feel my seriousness about it.
Sorry, it was a long answer for radio. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Commercial. Matt Logel from Salem Communications. Hi, Matt. I think one of the two smart things that the producers did on this, first of all, bringing you in for this was, was very key. And then Patricia Riggin, who I love as a director, mm-hmm. I think she, as a woman, would bring something to this day. I hate saying it at this day and time, but something that maybe a male director wouldn't see to be able to capture some of this. But for you, you have this ability, and we've seen it through your career, to take internal struggles and anger and fear and all these emotions and deliver it just through a facial expression, and we never feel manipulated. We never feel like our, our emotions are being manipulated. We grasp it with you. And we want to hug a puppy to or say. set ourselves on fire, do anything, <laughs> thank you, like thank you. So talk a little bit about getting into that character and then not and being at the end of the day be able to shut that off and not carry that weight. And then a little bit about working with Patricia on this in her direction. Well It's a long question. That's okay. I can I can I can take it. Um the it was incredibly emotionally draining to play this it was exhausting but I was always aware every single day and driven by the fact that I was pretending this wasn't really my life I did get to go home to healthy children there wasn't a moment that I forgot that and so if that um, I have nothing to complain about in that department you know what I mean it, it was hard and it asked a lot but you don't have to dig very deep as a, a human, as a mom, as a father, it doesn't matter to imagine a child in this kind of pain and to imagine what Annabelle and what Christy went through for it to be very, very real to you. And as far as working with Patricia, Patricia is a woman of conviction. She, she um, was so sure of what she wanted to do and how she wanted to do it the entire time. And in a director, you need that kind of strength. You need... I, I, I can't even think of a time where I haven't loved my director by the end of the movie. And there were definitely times where she and I butted heads because either she diverged from the book or she diverged from something that was in my mind or um, something that I felt to be true. But for them, that's what collaboration is. It, it's not just my telling of the story. And believe it or not, it's not just Christie's telling of the story. It's Patricia taking all of these things and she's in charge and marshalling us through. And, and I think we were very aware of her in leadership. And we were on her boat and happy to have her steering. And thank God she... She brought it home for us. She did. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The moms, thanks. Oh, yes. Okay. And all the cleanest companies. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I know I feel a little bit bad about that. I told my friend, don't worry about that. Did you hear that silly joke I made with Jennifer about the Kleenex companies? Truth. I think Kay and I talked about it, too. Take Kleenex to this movie. All right, next, after this little radio junket, I followed Jennifer and Christy to the online uh, print junket. So here's a little clip from that interview. There's so many ways, but it feels feels almost really personal to to talk about, actually. But um, I would say that it reaffirmed things about myself that I had not 
brought to the forefront of my life for a while. It made me, um, it made me focus more on small moments and on, you know, I, I always say my mom it was very serious about it. if you don't find joy in small things, you're not going to be happy and happiness is your responsibility. So take joy, not just, don't just enjoy a bite of your sandwich or a conversation or something beautiful, take joy from it. And so it, it reignited that in me and it it also gave me a huge sense of perspective and gratitude. There's nothing but fun if Dana's around. <laughs> Queen Latifah is everything you want her to be. She's larger than life. She's smarter than you. She is, you know, um, just full of heart. Her heart is almost just beating outside of her body. She's so big. And so, um, yeah, and, and Anna and you were there on her last day. And it was so emotional saying, like, acting the goodbye with her because of your real relationship with Angela. Mm-hmm. Who's the mother? Semino. Semino. Yes. Yeah. So for someone who hasn't seen the movie or read the book yet, might be reading something we write, or what would be the one thing you would tell a mom that feels so hopeless about their child? about an illness, someone who can really connect with your story and just feels no hope is ahead. You you can't lose hope because you don't know the whole story. Um, there is a whole story that you're involved in and you're just looking at it from one part of the circle and you have to keep going and you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and you have to keep fighting because you, if you don't, you won't ever know what the ending is going to be for you. As a mom, it was very emotional seeing how frustrating it was. Um, then telling you that your kid's okay, and you just knew it wasn't. Do you still get emotional since it wasn't that long ago we watching those scenes? Very. Yeah. Jen nailed it. I mean, she nailed my heart. She nailed my frustration. She nailed my my agony for Annabelle's agony. Um, yeah, it was it was hard to watch. Did you just spend a lot of time before filming? Did you know each other? Some before and definitely during. I noticed that there was a real atmosphere of openness. I mean, actors do not tend to sit around and talk about going to church or about faith or about how they're raising their kids in the world with regards to faith. But it was really, um, this was a different experience where it was definitely part of our, you know, behind-the-scenes conversation, and that was, um, maybe part of it was being in Atlanta, but I think most of it was just being part of this story, and that was really refreshing and different. Jennifer, how was working with Patricia and Eugenio? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) They are, Eugenio is the perfect Dr. Nurko, isn't he? Isn't he? He really is, because the real Dr. Nurko, I love, I mean, let's talk about him. He is Mexico's real star, and he is the unsung hero of the entire country of Mexico. That man is magical, and part of what I made me want to do the movie was I spoke to him before I ever spoke to Christy, and the way he spoke about Christy as a mother, and the way he spoke about Annabelle, and about her uh, the faith that guided her through her illness 
inspired me so much that it made me really excited to dive into the film. But it takes a really big actor, meaning all heart and just special, to play Sam Nurko. And nobody could have done it better than Eugenio. I just adored him. And Patricia, we always say it. Patricia. Patricia. Good, good job. Um, she, uh, she, you know, she's just passionate and she's a real leader. And she was very sure of where we were going at all times. And we were, you know, we would, it was a real collaboration. Sometimes we were, we would have a really tough conversation, but she was open to hearing anything that would make her movie better. And we were all on her boat and happy to be there. We did not sink, I don't think. <laughs> Do you approach playing a real-life character different uh, it was than fictional? The best. I had this cheat sheet. I had two. I had the book, which I have probably read a hundred times. Sometimes I will find myself quoting an entire passage just because I've read it so much. Because it's fan it's a fantastic book. I started it on the plane from Boston, where I had just met with Sam Narco, to somewhere. And I was a total disaster mess. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I was really I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but now, you know, my copy has been, had big love for me. And then the bigger cheat sheet is her. And I got to sit down with her and say, you know, what do you, how do you do this? What do you sing to your kids? What do you, what do you like to eat? What do you, and I just got to ask her all these silly things that we're always trying to make up and be really specific about for our characters. All actors are. And I got to just kind of cheat and be her. <laughs> what was the process for you like releasing your book and were you afraid excited what was that process for you like releasing that I was very apprehensive I had a lot of um, angst because I just didn't know the whole process and I was completely trusting God in, in his desire and his vision but after I met with Jen the very first time there was such peace in my heart I felt like she had the same passion that I had. She had the same vision and the same heart that I had for her. And, um, and I just began to settle in and know that, that it was going to be okay. That's a wrap, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. She's just the nicest person, honestly, like all her little comments. She noticed that everyone was gathered around these little high top tables and all crowded in. She's so great. Okay, so here's a little bit uh, after the film, they gathered around in front of the audience. So here's some clips from that. We're going to take maybe three questions from the crowd. Three questions. Anybody's got three burning questions? Yes. Jennifer, how has this affected your faith? <coughs> never spoken about it makes me a little like ah you know my parents have it's just something that we've always done and believed and never really talked about so in that way it stretched me because you can't be out in front of a movie like this I, I could lie and not say anything about it but it's not fair to the film and it's not true to me and so um, it's made me really look at my town of Los Angeles and realize we don't talk about faith it is not a conversation that we have between takes on set. On this movie, it was. It is not, um, it has become very political. It's something that if you're a person of faith, you are so on the outside 
that it, there's no way to bridge to somebody that's normal. That's part of what I love about this movie is that it's a normal, wonderful family who happen to have leaned on their faith to guide them through the hardest thing in their lives. But it's not a movie that is telling you to have faith. It's just lifting up people of faith. So that was something that was really important to me. But I, I will say that being around um, this community and while I've always gone to church back home in West Virginia, when we got back to Los Angeles, <laughs> I was talking to my kids uh, about the movie and they said, Mom, you don't take us to church and we went that Sunday. And we they went today without me. I mean, they that that decision and that was a direct gift from this movie. So for that, I'm very grateful. I'm thankful when films lead to faith and when they lead to families growing stronger. And so let's just pray that for Jennifer Garner's family and for all the people involved that were on set and uh, anyone that goes and sees the film, either of these films that. We know God is big and he can speak to us in any way. And may it be through these different different media options. Also, y'all, uh, music-wise, make sure you do check out and see if the Rock and Road Show is in your area these next couple of weeks. And enter to win the Hillsong CD. Either leave a review or follow me over on my Facebook page or uh, look out on Instagram at God Centered Mom. For my giveaway uh, post I'll be doing and comment there. Any of those three will enter you to win the new Hillsong Young and Free Youth Revival CD. All right. Thanks for listening. Go and see these films and support them. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.